This is Points North on Interlochen Public Radio, our weekly look at the land, water, and inhabitants of the Upper Great Lakes. I'm Peter Payette. Later on, we'll hear about a common flower that's often a scapegoat for fall allergies. First, the Great Lakes are home to a small commercial fishing industry, one that's often overlooked. And that's costing fishing businesses still reeling from the pandemic. Congress set out to help fisheries across the country with hundreds of millions of dollars in aid. But when it came time to dish out the money, the Great Lakes didn't see a dollar. I was totally not surprised that nobody gave a second thought to the Great Lakes commercial fishery period. It's like nobody wants us. Everyone forgets about us. IPR's Lexi Krupp takes the story from here. When the pandemic hit, commercial fishers in the Great Lakes had a big problem. Many deal in thousands of pounds of fish each season, selling to markets in Chicago and New York and across the world. And those buyers all close shop. The big processors shut down completely and were accepting no fish. That's Amber Peterson, owner of The Fishmonger's Wife, based in Muskegon. She says the timing here really matters because the spring is one of the best times to catch whitefish, the most valuable fish in the Great Lakes. And that's just when COVID began to overwhelm the nation. So we had reports of commercial fishermen in Michigan who had a catch with absolutely nowhere to sell it. But there was a plan to help fishers get through this. Big federal dollars from the COVID relief funding passed in March, the CARES Act. That set aside $300 million for fisheries across the country. Whitney Gravel, attorney for the Bay Mills Indian community, was in touch with federal administrators, hammering out details about the funding. We know our fishers need help. How can we help you help us? And then she got the news. So in one fell swoop, where there was this anticipation and need for relief under the CARES Act, it was denied due to an interpretation from the federal agencies. Fishers in the Great Lakes wouldn't qualify for any of this money. And the reason why gets a little wonky. The federal agency distributing this funding, that's the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. That's important because NOAA is in charge of waters like the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, while the Great Lakes are managed by states. So NOAA said, sorry we actually can't give you any piece of this COVID relief pie. And members of Congress said, no, no, no. When we wrote this bill, we wanted the Great Lakes to share in this funding. NOAA countered by saying, well, we do not have jurisdiction over the Great Lakes. Whitney says for tribal fishers especially, this decision has been devastating because commercial fishing is a guaranteed right under treaties with the federal government. It was kind of... uh a double slap in the face. Why would you not support that treaty right with federal assistance? And many tribal commercial fishermen, they might not qualify for some of the other assistance programs out there, like loans from the Small Business Administration or the Paycheck Protection Program. Commercial fishermen got nothing. They couldn't even get unemployment. So they went down to nothing. That's Richard Peterson chairman of the Redcliffe Band of Lake Superior Chippewa in northern Wisconsin. He told me that a lot of the fishers in his community, they've been doing this for generations. And now... I've seen uh, one of them cutting grass. 
Members of Congress from the Great Lakes do know about this. They're trying to make sure the Great Lakes fisheries are included in the next round of COVID relief funding. But right now, Ohio Representative Marcy Kaptur, co-chair of the Great Lakes Task Force, says their main focus is keeping the lights on. And they can't reach agreement on that. So no one is holding their breath for this federal money. Amber Peterson of The Fishmonger's Wife says her hopes lie in the water. I don't know a family who's not going, oh God, we hope that fall fishery is good. We hope that fall fishery is good. We hope the fall fishery is good. Once the water cools back down, whitefish are easier to catch. So fishers have another season to make up some of the money lost this spring, an estimated $50 million. Many can't afford to lose any more. This is Points North from Interlock and Public Radio. I'm Peter Payette. In our field guide today, we'll correct the record about an often maligned flower. Recent weeks have been rough for people with allergies, myself included, and in my house, we blame goldenrod, which is blooming right now. Is that right to do? Cheryl Bartz from our Red Pine radio team sniffs out the answer. I recently posted a picture of goldenrod on Facebook. The first response I got was, my allergies are going to be terrible for the next five days just from looking at this. There is a common misconception that the beautiful yellow goldenrod flowers that are blooming everywhere in September and October are the causes of seasonal allergies. They're not. That's Cheryl Gross, president of Planted Wild. She says the real culprit is ragweed. It blooms at the same time as goldenrod, but it isn't very noticeable. It's dull green and has tiny dull green flowers. Ragweed doesn't need to be flashy because it doesn't need to attract insects. It's wind pollinated. And so when it ripens and it lets its pollen out, the pollen floats through the air and gets into our eyes, our noses, and our mouths. Goldenrod, on the other hand, is bright yellow because it needs insects for pollination. Its pollen is heavy and sticky and generally stays in the flower. Bees, butterflies, and beetles have to visit the plant to get pollen and nectar. Goldenrod is important because it's one of the few flowers blooming right now. Yes, we desperately need goldenrod. It is so fun to see the bright emergence As the leaves on our trees begin to wilt, everything begins to say, you know, it's fall. And then we have this bright, glowing goldenrod. Goldenrod provides food for monarch butterflies and other insects getting ready for winter. You can see a video of bees buzzing about and all that goldenrod pollen on our website, iprnews.org. That's it for this week. This episode was produced by me. I'm Peter Payette. Lexi Krupp, and Cheryl Bartz. Thanks to Blue Dot Sessions for music from Cholate and Pecan Grove. Next week, we dive into inland lakes, the plants that invade, and a new way of removing them from the water. And they'll hand pull these invasive plants and then send them up the vacuum tube up to the boat on the surface. Join us Friday during Morning Edition on IPR News Radio, or search for Points North wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.